This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. As always, before we get into today's topic, did you know Discovery, the amazing program that hosts this podcast, as well as Millennial Balance, the new music podcast, and some of our amazing clients, can be found on all major podcast platforms? It's true. If you just open your major podcast platform, whichever one you prefer, I'm kind of a Spotify guy myself, but that's neither here nor there. Whatever platform you use, all you have to do is search Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, and it should pop up. Whatever platform you use, I'm not kidding. It's true. Check it out. Now, throughout the show, you've heard me talk openly about my mental health challenges, which I guess makes sense, given the fact that this is literally a mental health-focused show, and I'm forever preaching transparency. Today, we're still talking about mental health, but I wanted to approach it from a different perspective. What is that different perspective, you ask? Well, that's a good question. What I mean is today we are going to focus on physical challenges and the impact that physical challenges might have on your mental health. Looking into the void that is the internet, I discovered that there is several iterations of the expression, play the cards you are dealt. Seriously, pages and pages of references to that quote. But there is one iteration that I want to focus on for the sake of, for the sake of this show. And it comes to us from American author Randy Pausch. He said, it's not about the cards you are dealt, but how you play the hand. And the reason I bring up card analogies and the idea of playing the hand you were dealt is because A, Euchre, a card game, is incredibly difficult despite what my family says. But more importantly, it's because the hand I was dealt included cerebral palsy. I swear this is getting to mental health, but first, let's explain what cerebral palsy is. The CDC defines cerebral palsy as a group of disorders that affect a person's ability to move and maintain balance and posture. CP is the most common motor disability in childhood. Cerebral means having to do with the brain, and palsy means weakness or problems in using the muscles. CP is caused by an abnormal brain development or damage to the developing brain that affects the person's ability to control his or her muscles. The symptoms of CP vary from person to person, and a person with severe CP might use special equipment to be able to walk or might not be able to walk at all, and it means lifelong care. A person with mild CP, like myself, might be able to walk, they could walk a little awkwardly, but they might not need any special help. CP does not get worse over time, though the exact symptoms can change over a person's lifetime. There you go, that is the CDC definition. Now, over my 31 years, I have seen and interacted with a lot of people with cerebral palsy, and I am perpetually fascinated by how different it affects every individual. In my case, I am exceptionally grateful that my diagnosis was quite mild. By that, I mean I have partial paralysis on my left side. If I had to guess, I'd say I have about 35-40% functionality in, of the fingers in my left hand. And let's pause for a second and bring in mental health. We'll talk about the struggles of my, quote, mild CP, but for now I wanted to shed light on the fact that struggles and challenges myself and my family faced pale in comparison to the countless others that I've come across I want to be cognizant of that fact, and I cannot or should not speak on the challenges that others have faced, but I can pose theoreticals and offer some thoughts for you to ponder. There are a lot of people, through no fault of their own, who were born with a lack of motor function on one side of their body, or, in some cases, their entire body. There are also some that face challenges 
of being paralyzed from the neck down or those who only have partial functionality from the neck down and so on and so forth. There's a lot of different diagnoses. And those are just a few of them from a very large spectrum of physical challenges, all of which carry an immeasurable amount of mental health ups and downs. So as we move forward through this conversation, moreover through life, what you see on the outside likely weighs heavy on the inside for anyone dealing with these physical challenges. As I said a little bit ago, I cannot speak to the challenges that others faced, but I can speak on my own and go through the rest of this podcast hoping that even if my particular situation does not resonate with you, perhaps my feelings will, perhaps what I'm saying will carry weight with you, may resonate with you in some capacity. Now, in previous episodes, I've talked about my deep-rooted insecurity, and frankly, I think my cerebral palsy is definitely a factor in that. Something that I struggled with, and perhaps my parents struggled with even more than me, is a sense of normalcy. Whether or not I wanted to be like the other kids, there was always this thing that made me stand out. Whatever I was trying, the other kids were just a little bit different, and my, my hand, my cerebral palsy, my paralysis made me look different, made me behave differently, and so on and so forth. Looking back on my experience, I would be hard-pressed to find a time that anyone intentionally alienated me because of my CP, not without rehashing the bullying episode, but we're not going to do that today. But with that said, it did happen unintentionally. The most common scenario was the other kids questioning why I was being given preferential treatment or giving me stares because I didn't have to do certain things in gym class, etc., etc., there was certainly situations that unintentionally children were alienating me, whether they meant to or not. But rather than focus on those scenarios, I wanted to talk about the feelings that came from those scenarios. On the outside, there was a boy with a hand and arm that looked like he was trying to duplicate the signature look of a T-Rex's upper limbs. And on the inside, there was a human caught in a mental tug of war. Sorry, I know that's a bit dramatic, but it's the best way for me to put it and still hold true to how he was feeling at the time. Looking back and dissecting it, there are certainly feelings of appreciation that my parents and teachers put me in a position to succeed with special and individualized attention. But the flip side of that emotional coin was the feelings of resentment that I was just different enough to stand out. I spent a lot of time and thought on this, and I can say that my physical disability was a bit of a catch-22 for my mental health. What I mean is, in the negative side of things, I felt alienated. But there was a positive as well, that my CP also made me feel privileged. My partially paralyzed hand put me in a position to soak in preferential treatment, literally and mentally. And what I mean by that is, if it were not for my CP, I would have been given, I would not have been given several opportunities that had a, a real positive impact on my psyche. For instance, I was allowed to go to a summer camp run by the amazing organization Easter Seals, which by itself was incredibly fun. But dissecting that and further to that idea is, it is my belief that had I not gone there, had I not experienced that summer camp, I don't know when it would have sunk in that my challenges were not nearly as daunting as they could have been. Perspective is key, I suppose, and the unintentional theme of today, apparently. At this summer camp, I was surrounded by children with disabilities, and it became clear that, especially in hindsight anyway, that yes, I had a challenge, but in a lot of ways, my challenge was not nearly as detrimental to my quality of life compared to children dealing with the exact same diagnosis, but were completely bound to a wheelchair. To be clear, I'm not suggesting that we take solace or comfort in the misfortune of others. What I'm saying is that being exposed to the lives and experiences of other kids with cerebral palsy helped me experience that 
I did not need to feel alienated, nor should I take it for granted all that life had given me. Switching gears a little bit, I wanted to dedicate some time to the reactions of others when I told them that I have cerebral palsy. And to be honest, the most common response is, oh my god, or I'm so sorry, followed by, I didn't know. Let's focus on the I'm sorry response. I think that apologies and empathy are a natural response to when someone tells you something, uh, tells you that they have something wrong with them. It's a, it's a very much a natural response to apologize because you're being empathetic. But again, perspective is huge here. Anytime someone apologizes to me upon hearing that I'm partially paralyzed, I always chuckle and say something to the effect of, I don't know any different. For me, whatever damage that led to the underdevelopment of my brain happened while I was in the womb, so I literally don't know what it's like to have a fully functional left hand. To be clear, empathy is never a bad thing, but my hope in talking about this response is that if you come across someone born with cerebral palsy or any physical disability for that matter, do not apologize to them. We don't need you to feel sorry for us. Just acknowledge it and move on. There's no need to apologize. And here we go again with a little bit more perspective. When someone says they didn't know I had cerebral palsy, it always feels a bit awkward for me in that it's so minor that it goes unnoticed, but it also puts me in a position that I feel as though I should be telling people I'm partially paralyzed. If you're someone with uh, ginger hair or red hair, excuse me, if you're someone with two different colored eyes, you wouldn't announce that as you enter a room. You wouldn't put that out there in the same way that, you know, if someone is dealing with a, a mental health challenge like depression, like anxiety, I think it would come up in conversation, but you don't like open a conversation with, oh, by the way, I'm depressed. Oh, by the way, I'm anxious. No, that's not the case. So it always feels a little bit weird that I unintentionally am put in a position that I, I feel like I have to announce my my physical challenges. Perhaps I'm overthinking these nothing exchanges. Perhaps that's just me. Perhaps you out there feel the same way and that, you know, you feel like you have to tell people about things going on with you or it comes across as rude or whatever. But again, I could be overthinking it. Now, I wanted to close with some positives as I'm one to do. And you're asking yourself, Phil, what possible positive could be found with a diagnosis of cerebral palsy? Well, I've always said jokingly that in the event of a draft, if for whatever reason Canada goes to a world war and they need to draft soldiers, I will be exempt. But jokes aside, I think that what I lack in physical functionality created an extra layer of strength and resolve in my character. I think that had it not been for that summer camp, I likely would have always taken it for granted that I'm very fortunate in the big picture. If it wasn't for that summer camp, I probably would have gone the rest of my life thinking oh God, this CP is the worst thing to ever happen to me and I will spend the rest of my life alienated and alone and, and different. But again, going back to that camp, going back to that scenario, I think it's important that we expose ourselves to the outside world. As much as we default to looking internally, as much as we default to thinking um, about ourselves, I think it's important to put yourself out there and get those those perspectives and see the world around you and and kind of shine some light across the whole room as opposed to just the little section of the room that you are living in. And the last positive I have for you is that I will always have a reminder to keep things in perspective. What I mean by that is I will live with cerebral palsy the rest of my life and because of that I will always 
remember back to the summer camp, remember back to the challenges I have and, and think about how far I've come, think about how bad things could have been. And there's always this constant thing that I carry with me that now allows me to to remind myself, you know what, Phil, you have your challenges. And I think that anyone can can relate to this regardless of physical challenges or not. People will face challenges. People will have these struggles, but it's all about keeping things in perspective. You know, you have a challenge. Someone probably has a challenge worse than you. Someone probably has a challenge better than you. It's all about perspective and and reminding yourself that whatever challenges you face, you have the strength to deal with them. And whether or not the person next to you has a challenge that is less problematic that, that doesn't take away from what you're going through. And if someone has a challenge that's more problematic, it also doesn't make your situation better. It, your situation is unique to you, and I think that that's important to remember. But that's about all the time I have for you today, folks. Until next time, you are loved. Oh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating this holiday season. Enjoy, and we'll catch you in the new year. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. One of our favorite things to do at The Region is introduce you, the listeners, to music artists from in and around York Region. This episode, I am speaking with Sabrina Barreto about her new song, Christmas Together, and I'll be playing a new holiday release that we just added to our playlist. A hint, the band formed in Saskatoon in 2004, and they are four-time Juno winners. Up next, I chat with Sabrina Barreto. You're listening to New Music on the Region podcast. York Region Radio, York Region Music. Listen local. Listen local. 105.9 The Region. Sabrina Barreto is from right here in York Region. The 14-year-old singer and songwriter from Thornhill released a new original holiday song called Christmas Together. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome to New Music on the Region podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on the new release. Tell us about the inspiration behind Christmas Together. So the song Christmas Together, I really wanted to make a song about being with someone in Christmas. And I really put all my emotional efforts into this song. It's about being with someone on Christmas, spending time together, baking cookies, anything you would want to do with your special someone. I really think everyone can actually uh, relate to the song, even with a family member or a pet. Christmas is less than 10 days away. Do you have any special holiday traditions? Um, usually my family comes over or I go to their house. We sit by the Christmas tree, we open presents, we play board games, we have dinner. It's it's really fun. It's a, it's a very special time together. And uh, this is not the first time we've played your music on our station. Last year we aired your song Before It's Too Late. Can we expect new music from you in 2023? Oh, absolutely. Um, I make music, I would say, every so and so months. I really try. It's a it's a long process, 
but you will definitely be expecting some music in 2023. When writing your music, do you draw from personal experience or do you get um, inspiration from around you? Usually I draw from my own personal experiences. I try to find things that happen in my life. And that, that's usually when I start writing a song is when something really big or important happens in my life or sad. And I just sit down and I write a song about it. Um, but there has been a, a, some of my songs, there has been a case where I would see something or I would hear a story and I'd be so inspired to write a song. Who are your biggest music influences? I would have to say first my uh, my mom and my aunt because they've been singing forever wow. and they actually got me into singing lessons. But um, mainstream artists, I really enjoy Billie Eilish, Lady Gaga. I really enjoy um, Imagine Dragons. Those three artists really are a big part of my life and I listen to them every day and they inspire me to do really great things. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you online? I'm on all social media platforms. Uh, my main one is Instagram, which is at Sabrina Barreto Music, and my YouTube is Sabrina Barreto Music. Christmas Together is on our 2022 holiday playlist, and listeners looking to add it on theirs, where can they get their copy? Um, well, I have um, my Spotify, Sabrina Barreto. You can check out uh, my new music on there. Apple Music, iTunes, um, SoundCloud, everything you can find my music on. Do you want to introduce your holiday track to our listeners? Hi, my name is Sabrina Barreto. This is Christmas Together on 105.9 The Region. Thanks, Sabrina. Thank you. New music. New music on 105.9 The Region.
on the Region Podcast. Canadian Platinum Selling Rockers The Sheepdogs dropped an original holiday song called I'm Ready for Christmas. The band's frontman Ewan Curry says about the track, I always wish there were more rock and roll Christmas songs. We figured the world could use a fresh alternative to the same old Christmas carols, so we decided to take a stab at creating our own. It was fun trying to come up with a song that we hope people will include on their Christmas playlists, along the likes of Bing Crosby and Mariah. The Sheepdogs recently released their new studio album, Out of Sight, and they are currently on the road. They'll be in Canada from January 12th to the 28th, with one show in Ontario. To close out this episode of New Music on the Region podcast, Here's the Sheepdog's latest I'm Ready for Christmas on 105.9 The Region. idea or a podcast to share send it to us here at discovery the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 the region hello hello you're listening to a very special edition of chit chat on discovery at 105.9 the region you got nick and cal here in the studio uh i'm cal because you can tell i'm the short one i am the tall one i am nick uh, as usual, we got, uh, we got did you knows, okay? The did you knows, that's the facts that you didn't need to know. But now you will know. You will know, okay? Write them down, because then you can use them next time you get a social gathering. You can entertain with these. Cal, kick it off, why don't you? Okay, Nick, 
oranges are green more times than orange. I have never seen a green orange, so neither am I. I feel we've been we've been misled by the organization that is oranges. That sounds Making like for fools. That sounds like fake news. Almost right. Oranges that grow in North America are grown in colder climates, so the oranges lose their chlorophyll, which is what makes them green. Huh. You see, in South America and other tropical areas, oranges are green year-round. So when we get imported oranges as part of a process, they actually chill the oranges to rhythm of the green color because we're so used to orange. That's pretty crazy. I didn't know that, like... Oranges were forced or like tricked into being orange. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's the worst flavor out of anything you could ever eat. <laughs> you think they're bad? No, I think they're good. I know, but not to say that oranges are bad. I would just like to say that oranges were probably my least favorite flavor out of all. Okay, I understand. But I want to know what they call oranges in places that are green year round. Like, wait, wait. You call them greens? No, because like salads are already called greens. That's been spoken for already. <laughs> and you can't call them oranges. Yeah. You can't be down there with a straight face and say, pass me an orange and it's all green all the time. Yeah. Who, who are you trying to fool here? Nick, you know when someone goes, I'll be back in a jiffy? Yeah. You know how long a jiffy is? Uh, depends on the individual, I'd say. A jiffy is one trillionth of a second. <laughs> Somewhere in the 18th and 19th century, uh, Gilbert Newton Lewis tagged the time it takes light to travel one centimeter in a vacuum, a jiffy. I'm just surprised as jiffy has been around since the 18th and 19th century. Like, what? It's an old term. It's an old term. You don't hear it too much now. But a jiffy, a jiffy in 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 sciency terms is thirty three point four picoseconds. I think that's how you see that, to be exact. Okay. So I mean, really, when you say you'll be back in a jiffy, you're you're misleading people now, because everyone now knows uh, it's too quick. You're too quick. I can't believe someone actually recorded how long a jiffy is. Well, that's the thing. He he. He was the one who put a jiffy to the time. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, the inventor. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Jiffy Lube is now, they're in trouble. Because oh, big time. they're not real. Oh, big time. That's fake. Um, yeah. TM, copyright, so whatever, them. you know. Yeah. Did you know that you might be drinking water that is older than the solar system? Ooh. The New York Times reported that water on our planet may have originated from ice specks floating in a cosmic cloud 4.6 billion years ago. Are you impressed or what? That's neat. It follows that the same liquid we drink and that fills the oceans may be millions of years older than the solar system itself. Something to keep in mind while you're staying hydrated, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's old. That's fascinating, though. That that like that this could, be, could be dinosaur bathing water. Yeah, that you're drinking. Legit. Like it's been through the ringer. Well, this has been great, Cal. I'm I'm very excited to be doing another chit chat. It's great to be back at the region. Oh yeah. Here on Discovery. Yes, sir. All right. Are we gonna wrap it up here? Let's... Oh yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for tuning in, you guys.
Have a good one. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.